Hello, everybody. Welcome to Reels, your podcast about everything movie and television. Today on Reels, we have some news about news and rumors about DC movies coming up. And we're going to talk about The Lost Boys and Knock at the Cabin Door. So, we're also going to talk about the structure of how this whole podcast is going to run down. This is going to be a one time thing, and then we'll just do it from now on, you know? Uh, but I know we're going to start with a movie thought one of us had. Yeah. A random movie, like something that popped in our head over the course of the week about movies that we wanted to talk about. Do you have one? Uh, yeah, sure. I can. I got one. Uh, I would say that I think that we need to bring raunchy comedies back because they don't exist in in movies these days. There definitely aren't as many. They're, they're dead. I mean, that Jennifer Lawrence one just happened. Yeah, yeah, trying to revitalize it, and yeah. it just did not do do well. I, I bet the movie's fun. It looks fun. I want to watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna check it out. What's it called? No Hard Feelings. Yes, that's what it's called. Uh, I mean, if you we're gonna talk about the, I'm gonna move the box office to the news. At the end of the news, we're gonna talk about box office, uh-huh. and you're gonna see that. Most movies just don't make money anymore. It's super weird. I don't know what it is with this generation, or maybe it's streaming, or maybe it's a combination of things. But it's just hard to make money out there anymore. Like it, it's not like the mid two thousands where everything made money. Yeah, because uh, it makes me like th- it makes me think that there's the base standard for a movie, or like the ba- the base movies just overall used to be better. That's true. There, yeah. there was just a generic average line where your average movie was good. And now your generic average line these days is okay. Yeah, I think that another problem is is they they are trying to get this this younger generation by doing by like making certain choices, you know, like having weird TikTok comedy or stuff like that. But it doesn't actually pull the, the younger generation in because they're too cool for movies, but it alienates us older generation, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. But I, I do agree that there is a uh, a lack of raunchy comedies. Yeah. Is I, it because of the social okayness of everything? You can't be raunchy anymore? I really do think so. Yeah. It's like the only reason No Hard Feelings worked was because Jennifer Lawrence was down to do the dirty stuff. Right, and she's always been kind of down for that stuff. You know? Yeah, and so you need you need someone you, you need someone with that much star power who has the ability to say no to production to where the audience doesn't think, oh, the directors made her do it. Yeah. Because she is, you, you know, she, she's such a big star, like she's technically... <coughs> In charge, like she can say no and oh, yeah. and and be fine. Yeah. And so the fact that you know that, that's why no hard feelings worked. And I just nowadays people are are not okay with. Oh, they might have like pulled her leg or or you know like strong armed her to do like nudity in a film or something. Yeah. And like if sometimes when they do a raunchy comedy, it's like that that Asian one with all the girls. It was that was basically like a hangover, but with Asian girls. Do you know what I'm talking about? A couple months ago. Oh yeah. 
where they like get wrapped up in in a drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but see, like that was directed towards an Asian demographic, and I think that certain right viewist are look at that and like, oh, that's a woke comedy, so they're not gonna go see it, even yeah. though it's raunchy. Yeah. So I I don't know. I just think that everything's so divided that people ref- like they they are at war with each other and they're using movies to fight the war. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, I mi- it's just like you miss you miss them though, like uh like the Van Wilders and the uh American Pies and stuff. Like there was a ton of them. Oh yeah, it's like every week. Yeah, and they're all just uh, all these new ones uh I'm trying to think of that one with like Hayden Panettiere when they're in high school. Uh, but I don't remember that one. I remember... Where it's just all about like kids... It's all about high schoolers trying to have sex. Exactly. Like it's, it's, it's a fun time. Yeah, I think that's the problem though. Yeah. But like... It doesn't have to be about that. Like Jason Bateman still does them. He did the, the Spelling Bee one. Oh yeah, that's true. That movie was funny as hell. That movie was funny. Yeah. But I mean that was probably like seven, eight years ago now. Yeah. So I have a movie thought also, but it goes with something that I want to talk about later, so I'll throw it in there. Okay. Um, so we'll just jump straight into the news. Did I get all the news? Did you get news too? I did not get any news. Okay. So this was a couple weeks ago, since we haven't been doing this, I still wanted to talk about it. Um, Dune and the Lord of the Rings show both got delayed till next year. Um... And Harry Potter. Like, it all got delayed because of the strikes. But the Harry reason... Po- what Harry Potter? They're redoing Harry Potter for Max. Oh, remember? yeah, yeah. Man, I just blocked that out of my head. <laughs> uh, the reason I want to talk about Dune, though, is because I think it could still release this year if they wanted it to. I mean, obviously it could. But I think that they're pushing it so that there's no competition for Barbie at the Oscars. I think with Dune out of the picture... Barbie gets nominated for fucking Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting uh, Actor, maybe Best Actress. Yeah, well, maybe Best Supporting Actress for America Ferrera. Oh no way! I, I I bet she does. I don't. No matter what, Ryan Gosling is getting nominated. He freaking killed it. Yeah. But uh, and I think Greta Gerwig's getting nominated too. But I don't. There's no way they're going to do Best Picture. They're, they're going to. And with, with Dune out of the picture, it's going to be up for things like Best Production Design, Best Costumes. And, like, it's going to have no competition. It's going gonna, it's gonna to rake at the Oscars. No, dude, but you still haven't seen Oppenheimer, though. Well, no, I know that Oppenheimer's going to be up for all that stuff, too. Oppenheimer's going to win Best Picture. It did, you, did you know that uh, that after Oppenheimer's release, so, so you know, the... <coughs> Whatever the union of the movie critic bullcrap is, they they like choose their front runners for the Oscars every year before the movies come out. And Killers of the Flower Moon was first. Oppenheimer released, and they put it in front of it. Damn. Because they were like, "Holy crap, this is way better than we expected." Killers of the Flower Moon looks fucking good, though. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think that. The entire Oscars is going to be Barbie versus Oppenheimer. Like, the entire thing. It's going to be like back in the uh, early 2000s. It depends on if... 
I think it's going to depend on Killers of the Flower Moon and if Napoleon is incredible. Apparently, Napoleon's not very good. It, it, I can see, like, I, you can see in the trailer, like, it has potential, but it, it could be a bad trailer. It looks like it's long yeah. and boring. But I, I like, I, I don't think I would be, I would give, I could give Barbie a, a cinematography and obviously set design oh, yeah. and all that stuff. I think that would make sense. It's going to win not costume than Oppenheimer. It's going to win costume and hair easy. Easy. That depends. I don't know if there's like a... You, you know, you don't know all these like smaller movies. Like, the, you, we don't know if there's another whale coming. You know that's, what I mean? That's true. Um, so then we'll just talk about the strike a little bit. Uh, they... I forget what it's called. The producing guild, essentially. The ones that are supposed to be making the, the deals with the writers and the actors. Sent a deal to the writers. And the writers said no. And the producers were basically like, uh, well, that's the only deal you're going to get. So, Yikes. So, what, what, like, people in the industry thought that this would be done by October. Hopefully. Now it's looking like it could be all fucking year. And if it goes that long, that's a whole season of television gone, essentially. Yeah. Oh, oh like and we're gonna they're gonna have to space out movies too. Yeah. To just keep the theaters going. Next year's gonna be rough. Yeah. This is the this is the first year since the pandemic that's felt like a a, a, real re, year. a normal year of movies. Yeah. And it was too much, honestly, because they were holding stuff for so long that there was shit coming out two and three times a week, you know? Oh, yeah. I would, there was a... <coughs> it, right before Barbie and Oppenheimer came out, there was a time, I think I went like four weeks in a row, yeah. I went and saw movies. So, yeah, that fucking sucks. And then, along with the strike, uh, Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney... And David Zasloff, who is the CEO of Warner Bros. Discovery, both came out in separate statements talking about how they can't believe how vilified this is making them. After Bob Iger said, we sent a deal to him, they're just being greedy. <laughs> and David Zasloff fucking deleting movies like Batgirl for a tax write-off. Like, what are you talking about? Of course you're freaking vilified. Yeah. Apparently they hired PR teams to try to spin this. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's crazy, like, the little box that they live in, and they have no idea what, like, what their image is and how things work. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it has to... Most of this is really just due to streaming, because they don't get... No one makes money off of streaming. Yeah. But rumor says that the only two big wigs that are fighting and don't want to make a deal are them two. Disney and... Uh, Warner Bros. Warner Bros. Yeah. Everyone I'm else is one Warner Bros. is usually well. They're going through a lot of change right now, but yeah, I mean, it's he to, is the he is the Discovery CEO. He just took over. Yeah, because ten years ago, they everyone was like, "Oh, Warner Bros. is the best place to work," or blah blah blah. Yeah, it was. And then Nolan left. <laughs> it was the uh, the place that the directors and the artists could go to make their movies, and now it's not like that. Yeah, that place is probably. Peacock now, you know, or whatever that Viacom, is that what it's called? 
don't know, whoever does whoever does Peacock. Yeah. Universal, that's who it is. Oh yeah, Universal. Because that's what. Uh, isn't that what Nolan moved to? He moved to Universal. Yeah. Yeah. And they're the ones that are putting out fun movies like Cocaine Bear and Megan and everything like that. Yeah. Aside from A24, obviously A24 lets you just do whatever the heck you want. Oh, yeah. They're just a little bit smaller still. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you see this about uh, Giancarlo Esposito? He's at the Panama Comic-Con? No. Pa- Panam- Panama? Yeah. yeah. Panama. Uh, he was asked if he would like to work with DC, and he said prior to the strikes... Him and James Gunn were already talking, and he is basically... Mr. Freeze? I don't know who... God. I don't think he's going to be Mr. Freeze. That's terrible. He'd, he'd be... So there's two, there's two things he'd be great at, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, you think he's Lex Luthor? Well, the Skarsgårds were rumored to be up for Lex Luthor. But that's what I thought originally, too. No. So, hear me out. He's a great Mr. Freeze. But he's also... God, I'm, I'm messing up. Uh, the villain with the puppet. Uh, the ventriloquist? The ventriloquist. It'd be so good. Uh, see, here's the thing. <clears throat> he could do so many. Uh, I mean, he could be Martian Manhunter. He could be Brainiac. Toby Brainiac. He could be Sinestro. That's a bad one. I like it. But, like, the, the, there's no even hint of what the movie role is or what movie it is. Just that James Gunn offered him something or was in talks of something. God, that's so cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I'll throw this rumor in too because it goes with the DC. Uh, Batman 2 is going to start filming in March next year, which is a rumor, just, you know, but Clayface is apparently involved. Ooh. That's exciting. And people are speculating, like, oh, is it an actual Clayface? Or is it some dude that dresses up as other people? Yeah, it's going to be like a House of Wax kind of thing. Like, that could be cool, but it's not Clayface cool. Could you imagine? So, you you know, like, Face Off the television show? The TV show Face Off? Oh, yeah. So, like, you're just watching this guy, and he's just, like, clay molding Robert Pattinson's face to, like, fake be Bruce Wayne. Or some bullcrap like that, or just and you just watch him work, and then he makes the mask, and then that's what he does. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool, but I would much rather have a full-on Clayface that can wreck things. Because he's like, he's honestly out of Batman's league. He's so fucking overpowered. <clears throat> you know, if he was like, if he's full-on. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think Matt Reeves is down for that. God, it yeah. sucks, man. It'll be inter- it'll be an interesting thing to see. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the box office now. Do you uh, did you hear about what David Ayer said about Suicide Squad on a podcast? I did not. So he was I don't remember who he was with, but you know, so he did Fury right before Suicide Squad. Yeah. And he said that the world was his oyster. Everyone was like just giving him movies to do. Right. And he chose Suicide Squad, and Shia LaBeouf was like on the set, was just like, no, like it's gonna suck your soul and do whatever, do all this stuff. <laughs> and he said he should have listened, but he was making it, and he wrote Suicide Squad to be extremely gritty and heartfelt and like super serious drama, like Fury was. Mm-hmm. 
and then Deadpool came out when he started making it, and they the studio was like, "You're adding comedy." Oh my god! So that's a shame because Fury's good, so good. <clears throat> All right, so the only big movie that opened this week was Gran Turismo, and it opened at number one with seventeen million. First movie to take on Barbie, right? Yep. Uh, oh wait, no, Blue Beetle. Oh, Blue Beetle beat it last week barely. Gotcha. Um, so, so yeah, seventeen million for a movie that you could watch at home still, couldn't you? Couldn't you watch it on the PlayStation? Gran Turismo? Uh huh. No. Oh, you couldn't? No. I thought I saw an ad. Maybe you could. I didn't think so. The movie getting great reviews for audience specifically. For, uh, yeah. Yeah, only the audience. Mm. Well, it's it's so it's Rotten scores a sixty three critic. But its audience score is a ninety-eight. Damn, is it yeah, astronomical? I mean, it, I, the movie is just going to be a straight-up feel-good movie. Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like a sports movie, but with video games and cars. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, I'll check it out when it's streaming. But yeah, so Barbie is still sitting at number two, fifteen million. What week is this? Probably ten. Has it been that long? I was thinking like six. Oh no. I can look. I feel like when I did Barbenheimer, it wasn't uh, that long ago, but I guess it could have been. Seven. Seven? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is the Top Gun Maverick of the year. Yeah, it is sure. fucking raking money. 15 million, seven weeks in? That's bonkers. And then third is Oppenheimer. Really? Blue Beetle dropped that low in the second week? Oh, wait. Nope. Blue Beetle is third. Sorry. They have the what they were last week right next to the number that they are this week. Fucking confusing me. Yeah. But yes, it did drop. It dropped 51% off of a uh, like $20 million opening, 24 That's bad. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know who this movie was for. Because <laughs> I think they're trying to hit the Spider-Man audience because he's very just Spider-Man-y. Yeah. But it, you can't compete with... That's like Marvel trying to compete with Batman. It's just not happening. Right. So... I mean, that's I think that's a big problem with where DC was. Like, like you said, Deadpool came out and they tried to make Suicide Squad Deadpool. That's not what DC is. DC is dark and gritty. That's what works for them. Yeah, you know all the best like the Oscar nominated DC movies, the you know Joker and the Dark Knight and stuff. It's all grimy, gritty, and get in the dirt. Right, you know? and those are the only billion dollar club movies besides Aquaman. And Aquaman was a billion dollars just because Jason yeah, and James Wan sell movies across the world. You know, it was like it it, it hit that Fast and Furious. Uh, Audience, audience, that's yeah, that yeah. worldwide audience. But yeah, I does. I mean, is he supposed to be officially in the new DCU? James Gunn said that he, this was officially the first movie of his. Yeah. Let's see. But if the he, movie was already done before he even signed on. Yeah, so like he had no. He's not gonna keep it. He I might, was like, he he's might bring blue, bring like blue. I don't think it's going to be a bad movie. I don't remember. I don't even remember seeing any reviews of it because I just didn't care. Yeah. But I bet it's 
better than Shazam. I still haven't seen Shazam too. It's definitely better than Black Adam. I promise you that. Yeah. Because that movie was fucking atrocious. Yeah. But yeah, he should stop because he tried to he tried to sell the Flash on people. And then he tried to sell this one, but he should just stop. He should just focus on his, and he should make it a full reboot. He should realize now that no one wants this fucking half-reboot bullshit that he's trying to do. Yeah, just start with your Superman, make it as good as you freaking can, and hopefully people, I mean, people will go watch Superman. I mean, he's got enough fans that... We haven't had a Superman movie, like a true Superman movie, since 2013. Yeah, it's been over crazy. 10 years. That's crazy. That is crazy. And then uh, fourth was Oppenheimer. Still made $8 million. Oppenheimer is uh, Nolan's third highest box office movie ever. Yeah, across, it crossed 800 mil. It's crazy. The other day. It's pretty wild, considering, like, I'm assuming the top two is Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, right? Yeah, it just... So, yeah, the one it had to beat out was Inception, and it did. It's insane. Insane, yeah. Because yeah. Inception was a fucking... Inception was in between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises when he was at his biggest, and, like, that movie probably shouldn't have made as much money as it did. <laughs> I don't even... I don't even think he's... I think Nolan's plateaued. You know, you say he's at his biggest. I think he... The Dark Knight came out, and he's just stayed there. The whole time. Like, when a Nolan movie comes out, it's a, it's an event. People always talk about it, no matter what. That's true. And people think Interstellar's the best movie ever made. They're wrong. But it's not. That's not even in his top five movies. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which made $7 million. And its total is right at a hundred. It's at ninety nine. Oh, nice! That, it was a cheap movie. It was only thirty mil. Yeah, it's kind of like it's definitely gonna get a sequel. It's gonna be because uh, I mean it's got great reviews too. It it is uh, across the or into the Spider Verse, but for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it looks better than the Spider Man movies. It really does. I've never seen any of the Spider Man movies, but I'm down. I, I want to watch this. I'm. I'll check those out eventually. Yeah, Across the Spider-Verse is about to, I think it's getting close to being, like, free on streaming. And, uh, so. And then after that, it's just shit for the rest of the fucking box office. Strays. The heck is Strays? That, uh, that raunchy pet comedy where they're oh, all of those. it looks hilarious. It does look funny. Yeah. It made five mil. And it was, it's its second week. And it's at a total at 16, so I probably made money. Dog, dog make movies money. never make money. I think people are like, oh, there's dogs in it. Everyone's going to go see it. And they just don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things that you would think that Hollywood would realize, but they, it's, they're like, oh, no, it's going to work this time. That one with like Channing Tatum Yeah. last year or something. I bet it's a fine movie. They're probably cheap though, so they probably do make money. It's just not. Are they cheap though? They, they're not having dogs there. The, those <laughs> dogs are probably they're either CG. They have to CG the whole movie because they, they have to CG, CG the, the mouths, yeah, or something. That's expensive. 
And then the last one we'll talk about, because the rest is just crazy, like the Retribution in the Hill. I don't even know what those movies are. Oh, yeah. Um, but the Meg 2, sitting at number 7, 400, or 4,800,000. And it, uh, its total in four weeks is 74 mil. Nice, getting that overseas money probably. Yeah, I don't think it's getting a third one though. Nah. <laughs> First one was fun. I ain't going to watch. I ain't watching the second one. The second one looked ridiculous. It's kind of like Crank and then Crank High Voltage. It's yeah. like just taking it to fucking 12. <laughs> Skipping 11, taking you, it straight to 12. At work, at work, we got a freaking Jason Statham DVD collection in. It was uh-huh. just like J- six movie Jason Statham collection. And Crank, Crank 2, and then Transporter 3, but not 1 and 2. And then it had the Meg... <laughs> And then like the the bank job or the bank heist or whatever that yeah. do, and then some other <coughs> some other Jason Statham. Movie. That was weird. But yeah, like see, this is what I was talking about earlier. Is the box office is abysmal. The fact that Mission Impossible, and I know you say it's a bad movie, in uh, its sixth or seventh week, made two million dollars for a total of one hundred and sixty eight. Like that is fucking bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I want to talk about. When we have, once we get more week to week, we can talk about droppage and new movies opening. I think it'll flow better, you know. But I wanted to put it in here this week just so we could start. All right. So uh, next segment is we'll talk about trailers we saw this week. All right. And uh, I only saw one that we're talking about but I did want to talk about <clears throat> Rebel Moon which came out I think last week yeah right. so yeah we'll talk about Rebel Moon first I mean Rebel Moon this trailer is it looks like the best Star Wars movie that I've ever gonna see and because of Dune getting delayed like I don't think there's another movie I'm more excited for this year that is crazy to me. <laughs> that, that's absolutely crazy but you can't name a movie you're more excited for think about it I mean I'm more excited about Aquaman too. no way that movie's gonna be such <laughs> trash if it, even if it even comes out it probably won't yeah they said that uh I saw a thing so it's got like a hundred and some days before it comes out or something, you know. And every Aquaman single Aquaman or Rebel Moon, uh, Aquaman. Okay. And every single DC movie has always released something promotional wise in that time frame, and we haven't seen a thing about this movie. It's we have good. a poster. Yeah, it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It's gonna be the same movie. Why do you make two superhero movies and have the same two villains again? Yeah, it is strange, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, like, we have no idea what this movie's about. Besides yeah. that, they keep having to re-edit Batman in and out of the movie, depending on what Batman was going to be in it. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm assuming like Ocean Master and Aquaman are going to team up against Black Manta to save Atlantis. Or some bullcrap. It might be good, though. James Wan's good. No. It, it, didn't they say the first, like, reaction to it from the studio execs were abysmal? Yeah, they, they like Suicide Squad, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They don't know what they're talking about. But Rebel Moon, though, it just looks... I, I saw a thing of Zack Snyder's wife. I forget what her first name is. Is it Martha? 
No. It's Deborah. Deborah. And so Zack Snyder's Rogue Moon was supposed to be a Star Wars movie, and he was talking to Disney about it, and then she said that she was so happy when that fell through because then he wouldn't be tied behind this IP, and they and he has final decision. See, I I feel like I am the opposite. I feel like if he has. So I feel like Zack Snyder overall, if he has a studio behind him, just guiding him slightly. You know, don't give him full reign. The movies turn out better. But when he goes fucking full Snyder, the shit gets a little muddy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And this movie looks like it full fucking Snyder. But I see it doesn't look muddy like uh, like that zombie movie did. I don't know. It kind of does. No, There's no. so much going on why i know but it's gonna be like three and a half hours long it's gonna be awesome might be longer since two parts yeah it's gonna be freaking awesome it might be when you have that much time and you actually when you have that much time and you actually utilize your time for everything that is only necessity that's the thing is it's not only it's going to be it it looks like it is though because like as much as i enjoy the snyder cut that movie still could have trimmed 40 minutes oh yeah you know, and but, the direct. Have you ever seen the director's cut of of well, The Watchmen? Yeah, yeah. It's almost unwatchable. It's so fucking long. Oh honestly. no, I like it. Oh, it's it's so it's so long. There's so many things that he brings up that don't need to be brought up. And this looks like this is worse than just him getting a director's cut. This is like sucker punch bad. This is like let's fucking go, you know. You know, sucker punch is is. You have fun when you're watching Sucker Punch, though. Yeah, that's true, but it's still bad. <clears throat> but I am interested. Like, the trailer doesn't give a whole lot away, but I'm assuming that, like, is it like a wheat planet? I guess it's a moon that they're trying to take over. I guess that's the rebel moon. That's where these rebels are going to rise up. Yeah, I only watched the trailer once because I was I'm I, I want to just not see anymore. Yeah, and go in with that it but. so yeah like uh, the the gist of it was someone was coming to this planet that's like pretty low tech it looks like it looks like an old grain village or a rice village you know yeah and there's a chosen one that is on that moon i guess it's the moon it's not a planet uh and she is supposed to lead this rebel alliance against yeah, but bigger isn't force. she isn't she a lost princess though? I think that was in the trailer too. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah. So it's like literally Star Wars. Like she is Luke Skywalker so, on some little planet. Yeah, the movie is moon. when you watch the trailer, it looks like it's Star Wars and Dune with a little bit of extra sci-fi sprinkle, so like a <laughs> little bit of the Fifth Element thrown in there, you know? Yeah. And I'm all freaking for it. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it, it's going to be bad. Like I'll I'll definitely watch it. Because it's coming straight to Netflix. Why not would not straight. Watch it? Oh, it's not? It's, uh, I think it said it's recently. I could be wrong, actually. Hmm. Never mind. I'm wrong. I'm thinking of a different trailer. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we get one part this year and mm. one part early next year. So yeah. it's like pretty decent time time frame. Yeah, and like there's not going to be anything else, especially with these strikes going on. So I'll definitely watch it. And hopefully I like it. It's going to be awesome. I'm so pumped. <laughs> what, what, what trailer you got? 
I have four trailers. Really, I, I feel like the the killer is the only one we really need to talk about, but we can talk about my other one. Uh, yeah, I did not see the killer. What is it? Uh, God, what's that guy's name? The guy who made Seven and Fight Fight Club and stuff. It's his Fincher. Yeah, his new movie uh, with Michael Fassbender, who's a hitman. Okay. And it's a, it's really a teaser trailer. It's it's freaking flashing fast. Yeah. But uh, Michael Fassbender going for an Oscar for this for sure. I like Michael so Fassbender. So he's he's kind of like a very clean hitman. Like it shows it shows him like doing his stretches and stuff before he gets gets on like his sniper. That's funny. And it shows him with a nail gun, uh, uh, shooting nails through laptops and phones. Destroying evidence and stuff, and like clipping his nails and all that bull crap, and and uh, pretty much it's cycling through, and he's talking. He's like, he uh, it's like a over what's that called? Like he's talking over the trailer. Like his a character. narration. Yeah, like a narration, and he's just like no feel. It's just, he's just saying things like no feelings, no attachments, only hurt the people you're. Only hurt the people you're hired to hurt, blah blah blah. As it's flashing through all this stuff, and it, it it looks good, but it's it looks good, but I don't know. Like there's a part of me that I'm like, I'm not a big Fincher guy. Yeah, me neither. So I like Michael Fassbender <clears throat> a lot, and it's got Tilda Swinton too, which she's always fantastic. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, what else do you have? I have Foe. And Saltburn and Marsh King's Daughter. I didn't watch any of those. <laughs> well, <laughs> Foe's the one I'm most excited about. Uh, it's got Saoirse Ronan. Like Foe as in like an enemy or like Foe as in fake? Uh, probably fake. It, probably both, actually. Oh, okay. Based on the trailer. Okay. So, uh, Saoirse Ronan and God, what's that dude's name? The guy who was just nominated for an Oscar for After Sun. He's he's the main character of Gladiator Two. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Paul Mescal. Yeah, that's not that's right. his name. Um, so the it's set in 2065. There's from the base on the trailer. There's like a space ring. Uh, there's a there's a space ring around Earth that is a whole nother civilization that people get to live on. Mm-hmm. And you get chosen to go up there. I guess mm-hmm. they're living on Earth in like a farm, and it's very deserty. It kind of, <coughs> kind of looks like uh, Interstellar's fields, Earth, yeah. yeah. <coughs> and so this guy comes and is like, "You've been chosen to go up and work up there, or whatever." And then he's like, "Oh, I think you're misunderstanding," because they get all excited. I think you're misunderstanding. Only the husband has been chosen to go and so it's about them trying to decide and they're like but you know you go we're gonna make a a robot of you to live with your wife for the rest of her days what yes that is weird and he's he's freaking he's like, i don't want a robot living with my wife blah 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 i think personally and this is just me from watching the trailer i think sir sharonin's character is already a robot hmm. and you can take the i think i think i call on the whole movie already <laughs> Based on it, I think she's already a robot, and she's already gone up. It sounds interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. It is. A, it's a nice little movie. Um, Saltburn was uh, the kid from 
The guy who played the Joker in Batman. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Is it Ben? He was in Banshee's in a Sharon. Yeah. Man, terrible. I should write Barry this. Keegan. Yeah, Barry Keegan. So him, <clears throat> Jacob B. Lordy from Euphoria, whatever. He, so he's like a poor kid going to a uh, English school. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pretty, pretty rich, like a posh English school. This is the one that... Uh, Margot Robbie produced. Oh, I don't know. I think so. It didn't say in the yeah. trailer. Uh, and then they're going, school is on holiday or whatever. He doesn't know, Barry Keegan's character doesn't know where he's going to go. So Jacob Elordi's character is like, come to Saltburn with me. And Saltburn is his, he's real rich. It's his. His estate. Yes, his estate. <clears throat> and so it's about, it's kind of, it looks like, like a coming of age story. So like he pretty much just stays at this house where there's, they're rich, they party all the time, can do whatever they want, and so kind of, it looks like it's he's going to kind of like hit rock bottom and realize like that's not a good life, and then kind of, you know, kind of accept his own. Yeah. Uh, Rosamund Pike is playing Jacob Elordi's mother, and she's fantastic. So. Yeah, that does sound interesting. I like those kinds of movies. And the Marsh King's daughter was Ridley, uh, Daisy Ridley's it's a Daisy Ridley movie, I guess, based on the trailer. Her Ben Mendelsohn's playing her dad. She was raised by him in the freaking woods, and she thought he was like her protector and whatever. Turns out he is like a murderer and like killed her mom, and he's a serial murderer. And so she, he gets go. This is all before the movie, so he gets thrown in prison. She's like married, has a kid. And he breaks out of prison and then starts starts trying to come back into her life and, and you know, stalking her and stuff. And so it's she's she freaking preps. Like, she puts string around her house and bells and stuff. And uh, it looks good. Ben Mendelsohn <clears throat> plays such a good bad guy. Bad guy. Yeah. And it, it just looks good. And I'm excited to see Daisy. I really haven't seen Daisy really outside of Star Wars and then the Death on the Nile. Or uh, the first one. Murder on the Orient. Murder on the Orient Express. So I'm excited to see her play this role. And it'll be interesting to see. I like those kinds of movies. Talking about movies that don't get made anymore. Those kind. Yeah. That's like enough. You know, J-Lo. Yes. Yeah, those kinds of movies. Or like uh, that one with Mark Ruffalo and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Or Gil. Gil Grissom. Gil Grissom. (laughs) What's that movie called? I don't remember. Me neither. Because he punches himself <clears throat> to get bruised. I remember that. Fear. Yeah. That's what it is. Good freaking. That was yeah. nice. That was a good movie. Isn't Marky Mark in that movie too? Yeah, Mark. That's what I said. Uh, oh, yeah. Didn't I say it? I said Mark Wahlberg or did I say Mark Ruffalo? And I you said it. Mark Ruffalo. Oh, I was, was like. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. <clears throat> uh, the only other trailer I saw was. The Five Nights at Freddy's second trailer. Well, I did not watch it. Oh my gosh. This movie looks incredible. And like, this isn't just because I like Five Nights at Freddy's. This movie looks fucking good. Um, this movie kind of tells you the story. And it is going to be these five kids that disappeared in the restaurant are possessing these animatronics. And it's going to be like a, it's going to be like that kind of movie. It's going to be like a ghost movie, but with fucking animatronics you know and um it kind of looks like 
Well, the, the trailer started out and we saw, I'm assuming the opening, these dudes, these teenagers go in there and are like vandalizing the place and they get attacked by these, by the animatronics. And it looks like it's going to be pretty gory. I don't know if it's going to go hard R or if it's going to be PG-13, but I'm very excited about the movie. Um, I don't know if it's going to be super scary, but I think it's going to be a good time. I feel like it's probably going to be about as scary as the game. Yeah, that makes sense. And they got to go a PG-13. Just because of all the kids? Mm -hmm. I would love it if it was straight R, though. Yeah, they're missing out so much money, though, if they did. Yeah, I mean, missing the gore doesn't bother me a whole lot. Uh, the movie we watched for the main topic this week, Knock at the Cabin, was PG-13, I believe. At least from the gore and everything that we saw, or lack thereof. I would assume that it's PG-13. Yeah. And I don't feel like I missed anything from that movie because of it. No, it, but it, it, it worked for that movie because when we talk about it, they did not want to do what they were doing yeah. in the movie. That makes so. sense, yeah. But yeah, I'm pumped. Dan Date on Peacock right before Halloween, 27th. Oh, did not know it was coming out straight to streaming. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what we're going to be watching that week. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all the trailers. So, we'll talk about, because we have a bunch of segments, we'll talk about the segments now. Okay. So we're going to have the stuff that we just watch naturally over the week that we talk about, and we'll talk about that stuff first. Um, so I know you have a, you have an anime that you were watching. There were some movies that I watched that I know you have already seen. Uh-huh. So, what we're going to do is coordinate certain movies that we each watch each week. These are the ones that I feel like, because you've already seen them and you've talked about them before, now that I've seen them, we can talk about them a little bit more in depth, but they're not going to be like the main topic. Gotcha, yeah. And then we have a segment we're going to call The Rewind, where we watch an old movie. Either a movie we have seen before and we're reevaluating, or a freaking classic that we've never seen. Uh, this week, it was The Lost Boys. Which we had both seen. Which we had both seen and we're reevaluating. Um, and then after that, we have something called The Series Showdown, where we're going to pick a series of movies. Um, we're going to talk about it before we rewatch them all or watch them for the first time. We're going to, like, our uh, predispositions on the movies yeah. and what we think we remember how the movie makes us feel if we've never seen it, like what we think we're going to like, maybe not like. And then we're going to watch the series of movies. We're going to talk about each movie in the series separately, rank them, or rate them, and then rank them at the end and talk about how we actually feel about them. And that's going to be over the course of several weeks that we talk about this series of movies. Yeah, it, depend, it depends on the length of the series. So if it's right. a short, like if it's a trilogy and we feel like we can get all three of them done in one week, We'll try. Right. And then each week we will also have a main movie, which is something hopefully neither of us have seen and it's more recent, or we'll have a topic of the of that week if we can't find anything. Yeah. Um, so we'll start with the movies. That we separately watched. That we separately watched. Oh, and we are going to rank them all on a 1 to 10 scale, and you the only interval in between intervals is a 0.5 so you can have a, a seven 
you can have a 7.5 or you're going to have an 8. We're not doing 7.7s .7 or 7.9s. Yeah, that's dumb. And we'll just do a general, an awful movie is 1 to 3. A bad movie is like 3 to 5, 5.5-ish. Five yeah. Good movies. 6 to 7. Yeah, 6 to 7. Or, no, okay, an average movie, 6 yeah. to 7. A good movie is 7 to 8.5, 9. And then an excellent movie is obviously 9, nine 10. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, you can go ahead first. Okay, so, well, I'm going to get Jujutsu Kaisen out of the way because I, that's, like, the only TV show that I've been watching. Okay. And so the new season of Jujutsu, the new season of Jujutsu Kaisen starts with a five-episode prequel arc of Gojo, who is, like, the Kakashi of Jujutsu Kaisen. He's their teacher. Okay. And he is... Pretty much the chosen one. So in in the in the way Jujutsu Kaisen works is there's there's special powers that are almost passed down in lineage, and he got the two he got two of the best powers. In he got two of them. You only usually only have one. Okay. And he so he can he can stop time, and you know he's so powerful that they have to. They like even the even the villain like the main villain of the show is like we have to get him out of the picture because no one can beat him. <laughs> even the head of the the head of the their school or whatever can't control him. He just does what he wants to do. But anyway, you find it's, it's a prequel of when he was in school in in Jujutsu High or whatever it's called, and you find out that his best friend is the main villain who's in charge, and so it's. How his, how his best friend, who's also the second strongest person in in ever too, uh, came across came upon his views to become this like villain. So it's kind of like <clears throat> it's kind of like Dumbledore and uh, Rindelwald back in the day. Yes, I got you. And. Uh, it was it was really nice. It's a super sad arc. They're 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 in charge of uh, they're in charge of protecting this this little girl who has a destiny to become this special demon. I don't want to get into it all, but anyway, <laughs> they fail. They get to the end, and this guy who was after him, he had this whole master plan. He's never been a part of it. He he was never bothered him. He was never part of it. And he just shows up and just poof, murders her instantly. Just done, and then they they lose against him, and then Gojo comes back and then just full on destroys him. But it it was really good. Jujutsu Kaisen has fantastic animation. It's probably the best anime on on right now, personally for me. How many like seasons is it? This is only the second season. So it had a single season, and then it had a movie called Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, which was a prequel of the class before the current class that we're watching, mm -hmm. and then. And then we're in season two, which had that prequel. And after the fifth episode, now we're back in, like, where season two would keep going. Gotcha. And then, so for movies, I watched Eastern Promises for the first time. Shit's good. It is good. Uh, the best fight, one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen. I couldn't believe it. And I think the only reason it's so good is because Vigo is such a good actor. Yeah. Because it's the only time 
It's the only time in a fight where I've ever seen, like, he, he'll, he'll get cut, and you can see him wince when he moves later on in the fight from that cut. And nobody does that. Right. So, like, he'll he'll get up and, and move, and you can just see, like, it's subtle. But you can see, like, if he gets cut on his side, he just kind of, like, leans and winces towards it. And he's struggling, cause it, and he gets effed up in this fight. Yeah, that's hard to do. Because, like, if you were in, in that situation, your body would react. You know, you would wince, but you wouldn't notice that you're doing it. It's just how it would happen, because you're, like, in the middle of fighting someone. You're all adrenaline pumped. So, like, the fact that he can catch that subtlety is incredible. <clears throat> yeah. I will... I don't... I think the movie could have been a lot better if it just had focused more on the, the mob stuff and Vigo and his relationship with the son and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the Naomi Watts stuff just kind of, with the baby and everything, is just... I don't know. I just wasn't as interested in that as I think I should have been. Yeah. But... Uh, the god what was i gonna say oh this so this is a this movie's an interesting example of everyone this movie's well regarded people Mm -hmm. like it but if this movie came out today people would say it was lazy writing because you learn everything from dialogue and nothing from visuals and that's what people consider these days is lazy writing but they did it seamlessly in this movie and it felt natural when you find out things so about like Naomi Watts' character when how we find out she lost a child was just because she was having dinner with her mom and uncle and her uncle brought up the 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 baby you know the story is the baby is has she's trying to figure out who where to take the baby protect the baby or whatever right and because of that the, the uncle's like oh you're just you're just doing that because you lost your kid or whatever and stuff. And it's just brought up in a natural sense, kind of like that. But we, that's how we learn her backstory instead of showing a picture of a baby or, you know, whatever. I feel like if you can integrate it naturally, that's better writing than just showing a picture. Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird. But I, I think that movie should do this more. I don't think it is lazy writing if you, yeah, if you can make it feel natural yeah yeah the, the problem with exposition is it feels like exposition but if it's like if it comes up naturally and that's what the characters would normally talk about it's fine i did think i did like the um <coughs> the scene where so his his mentor or whatever not his mentor his, the guy he's protecting which is the son of the main boss you know mm-hmm forces him to have sex with a girl in front of him, forces Vigo to do it mm-hmm. because he's like, I gotta make sure you're not, you're not gay or whatever. Cause I'm trying, cause he's trying to build him up in the ranks or whatever. And I was like, this is so weird. It's but then, weird, isn't but it? then later on in the movie, you find out that he, the, the son is gay and he's hiding it. And so it was almost like the dad trying to make sure the person that's taking care of him, isn't going to reinforce those feelings. Uh, I didn't think of it that way. I was, I was thinking of it was like him in his own mind, like forcing his subordinate to do something that he can't do. Mm. Cause that, that the whole plot point is the lady who has the baby 
the prostitute who has the baby, was supposed to be raped by the son, but he couldn't do it, and that's why the father did it. Because he, he wasn't, he's not attracted to women. Right. It's an interesting, interesting, interesting concept. Do you want to do one? Uh, sure. I, um, I watched Nope, finally. Yeah. Uh, still haven't seen Us, but I feel like Nope is definitely going to be my favorite of his movies so far. Yeah, I, I think his movies just got better. I don't agree with everything in this movie. I feel like I was fucking loving it. Oh, what was your raking for? Oh, Eastern Promises, I gave it a seven and a half. Okay. I, th- I think it's good. Um, I don't think it's as good as people say it is. I think the Naomi Watts stuff is just just falls really flat for it's me. It's kind of long, too, isn't it? I've only seen I, it once. It, it's... I don't think it's like long, long. It's just a two-hour movie, I think. Two, maybe a little over. Okay, so with Nope, it was like solid for me, like 90% of the way through. And right at the very end, I started to feel like some of the choices I just feel were lesser than things that could have been done. And it dropped it for me a little bit. But... The way the movie opens, it fucking hooks you right away. You're like, what is going on in this movie? With the monkey scene, we won't go super spoilers for these kinds of movies, I guess. For the monkey scene, you're like, what is going on? You know, like, I don't know what's happening. And then the opening scene with him and his dad out on the ranch. And the coin. And awesome. the coin, like the shit falling from the sky and the muffled screaming. And you learn all this later and you're just like, this is genius. Like this is incredible uh, concepts put it put in play here. You know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we'll fucking spoil it. Uh, it's been out for oh, like a year now. Has it been that long? I mean, I think it was early, early this year, maybe late last year. Yeah, we can spoil it. Okay. Um, so you come to find out that what we think of as UFOs are actually just an animal. They're essentially a, a sky whale, is how I, I interpreted it. Because a whale opens up their mouth and sucks in you know, water and krill and then releases the water through the baleen. And this thing comes down, sucks up people or animals, and then it releases the things that it can't eat, like coins or keys or belt buckles. And we find out later that little muffled screaming that we hear is actually the screams of the people that he's fucking swallowed up. The, the, the alien has swallowed up. And when he opens his mouth, you can still hear him inside because they're being gi- digested alive. Slowly, yeah. It's freaking incredible. Yeah. The digestion scene is insane. <laughs> yeah, like we go in. You know what's really crazy is the movie opens inside the fucking... Inside the fucking uh, alien. And we, we slowly pan in, and it, it's the inside of the alien. We don't know that yet. And then it turns into the very first thing ever filmed, which was a black man on a horse, which relates to the movie. And that's just genius. Like, he he is on another level when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so as the movie progresses, you know, we get juxtaposition between... Stephen Yin's character, who, as a child, 
was a star in a show where a chimpanzee that was, you know, on the show um, lost it and attacked some people and bit this woman's face off. Mm-hmm. And that is juxtaposed. Is that how you say that? Juxtaposed. Juxtaposed. Juxtaposed with uh, the main character's family who has trained horses. So, like, the, the juxtaposition is there was a predator in a chimp and a not predator in a horse. And they were both dealt with that stuff growing up. And they both are some of the first people to discover this alien. And Steven Yun's character tries to sell it as like a carnival show. And like he can monetize this predator. But Daniel, what's his last name? Kaluuya. Kaluuya, is that how you say it? I think so. Uh, His character realizes that you can't train a predator, but they can get a picture of it. And you see that play out, and you see how one of them is wrong, Stephen Yeun's character, and the other one is right. The part that I don't like is right at the end, I wish we would have found out that it wasn't an alien, and that it was just a species on Earth that we never discovered before. I think that it would have brung the whole brung. It would have brought, brought the whole movie <laughs> together. Um, but they don't explicitly say that it's not. No, they don't. So it could be. Still. It could be, I guess. I do really like the fact that even though... So I guess another theme of this movie is they are related to the actor that rode the horse in the very first motion picture ever. Yeah. They are descendants of him. And they are trying to get the first picture of an alien. And even though they succeed, just like their ancestor didn't get any credit for being the first actor, stuntman, whatever, all of that combined for for the very first motion picture, they're not going to get credit for being the first people that take a picture. Because even though they get their picture, right at the end, everyone shows up and is taking pictures anyway. Yeah. And like I like that, that theme, that even though... There's, there's a lot of subtleties to it. Even though they put the work in, they got it done, and they did it in a way that doesn't... Uh, that didn't harm other people. Like, th- they were still trying to protect each other and make sure they were all going to get through this alive. Whereas, like, when the TMZ guy shows up, he's willing to put his life on the line and other people's lives just to get the shot. And that's kind of like... It's kind of like a white people will do anything to get this shit done, no matter who they stomp on. But black people got family, and they're gonna they're gonna stick together, and they're gonna do this together the right way. Uh-huh. And all that combines with even though they did it all, they did it first, they did it the right way. They're still not gonna get any credit. And I really do like that. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I give the movie an eight point five, just because. Like, I really would have given it a nine, but I, I wish that it wasn't an alien. I think it would have made... I think that it would have... Uh, what's the fucking word? It subverted expectations on an alien movie and it just being 
an animal that can hide in the clouds that we've never fucking discovered. I think that last little bit of subversion would have pushed it over the edge for me. That would be... You know, it would be an interesting thing to actually ask Jordan Peele. Because I don't think he's ever said it's an alien. No one, no one in the movie says it's an alien, yeah. either. So... He could confirm that. That's true. <laughs> it's true. Cool. And like, I guess the ambig the ambiguity is better than a straight answer that I don't like. Yeah. Well, this is what I think uh, about ambiguous ambiguous endings is the intention of an ambiguous ending is you should choose the one you want, but people aren't satisfied with that, and they. They are like, oh, I wish it would have ended this way. Well, it could. Like, that, that's, that's the ending you want, so choose that. That's the way it ends. Yeah. But they're like, but I don't know, and it, I don't know, because it didn't actually, I didn't see it. So they, they just assume it probably went the other way or something. But you, that's what ambigu- ambiguity is for, is you choose your own ending. Yeah. How do you feel about the design of the thing when it's fully out? It's fine. See, see, you resemble it to a whale. I resemble it like, kind of like a jellyfish. Yeah, I mean, it looks more like a jellyfish. Well, yeah, but like even when it's sucking up and everything, you can imagine like invisible tentacles grabbing it. Yeah, I can see that. But the, the, when it transforms, it is more like a jellyfish. Yeah, it's a little too clean, I feel like, the design. Like, it doesn't look like a real animal. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, no, yeah, it looks like a... It freaking, you know those, what are those tubes? Those tubes when you're a kid and it has all those jewels in it and you, you turn them. A it, kaleidoscope. It's a kaleidoscope. That's what a freaking thing looks like. It's, <laughs> it's so fucking weird. weird. It's got weird colors, the perfect square eyeball yeah. thing. Yeah, and that's why I think that it is an alien because it is so yeah. otherworldly. It looks like, it looks like, um, it looks like colored cloth just floating. Yeah. I don't like that. They there's kill. no slime. Yeah. Even when they're getting sucked up, it just looks like curtains. There's no slime. Yeah, there's no... There's no mucus. There's or no, anything. no liquid at all. Hmm. That is weird. The only liquid is the blood. <laughs> um, fuck, what was I going to say? Lost it. Um... We'll, we'll move on since I, comple- <laughs> I, like, I completely blanked. Uh, how many movies did you watch aside from the two that we watched? Uh, just two more after Nope. Okay, cool, because I, I watched three as well. So me and my wife, my wife is a big Studio Ghibli person, mm-hmm. and I've seen some but not all. So we decided to watch them all from watch them all in order of release. So I figured it'd be fun to do one at a time here. Yeah. So I've watched the first movie that they released, which was like in the 70-something. What was it? Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. Okay. Never heard of this one. Freaking amazing. Better than any... <laughs> way better than any Studio Ghibli movie I've ever seen. It's better than Ponyo. It's better than uh, Spirited, Spirited Away and all those other garbage pieces of crap. You seen Howling Castle? You seen that yeah, one? Howl's Moving Castle. That's, that's my wife's favorite. It's way better. This is way better. <laughs> what's, the, what's the premise of this one? I've never seen a single one. So, this is... There's a... Man. They live in a world where 
there's like a blight almost. It's a it's a blight with these bugs, and these bugs are uh, like killing all the plants with this. It's almost like a root system or whatever. There was a war back in the day, before the movie, where there was these giants that fought these bugs, and the bugs are reminiscent of the big. God, what are those called? The the big ones in in Starship Troopers, the big worm ones. Oh, the brain bugs. The brain bugs, yeah. That the all the bugs are reminiscent of that, except you just put a bunch of eyes on it. Okay. And the uh, this one kingdom has found this like egg. So it's like Lovecraftian. Not really. No. It has its own kind of style. Okay. This one kingdom found this egg, and they want to. They want to take it because we don't know what the egg is, but they do. Hmm. And they're for they're using their technology to force these bugs to move to this area because they're going to attack and they're trying to kill them all instead of trying to live with them like the the main characters village does. They just live with them and they're they like explore and try to learn more about them. Well, you find out that this this egg thing is a giant and they're trying to a giant from the past. And they're trying to, and it's like, a, they're almost like weapons of mass destruction. And they're trying to revive it to fight all the bugs. And it's, it's, and I don't want to spoil so much of the movie, but it's, it's really good. It's kind of about being, being, um, like one with nature and then trying to fight nature. And so she's a princess of her village and she's trying to be the one with nature and she makes some discoveries about like secret discoveries about the bugs that no one else knows that's in it's super freaking good yeah it's hard to explain because it's really far out there but it's 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 a super important movie to watch i remember watching it and i was like if if this was made shot for shot in live action this would be one of the best movies a person who refuses to watch animated movies that mm-hmm. had ever seen. Interesting. It's incredible. I'm a, I might watch it. And they're all on Max. I know all they the all are. Just freaking watch it. And you watch them in English, too. Because, um, like, Shia LaBeouf was the main kid. He was the main voice for the kid in this movie. No shit? Yeah. Yeah, I might, I might watch some of them. So what was your ranking for it? I think I gave it a nine. Let me look. Yeah, I gave it a nine. A nine, that's fucking solid. It's so oh, so good. It's so incredibly good. Um, oh, I didn't say what I gave Nope, did I? No, you said eight and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. So the other movie I watched, or one of the other movies I watched was Parasite. I watched it for the first time. And boy, oh boy, this movie is fucking good. Yeah. It's like... There's so much subtlety in this movie, I can't even try to get into it. I was trying to explain it to my wife because she refuses to watch anything not in English because she's one of those people. Um, and I was like, I kept having to reiterate, like, oh, well, they were given this stone and it's symbolic of wealth. And, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, there's so much subtlety in it that, like, oh, no, no, you don't understand. The dad was, sm- like, acting like they smelt bad the whole movie. And she's like, well, I don't understand. I'm like, I'm sorry. You have to watch it all. It doesn't make sense if I just tell it. <laughs> yeah. But there's so much of that. And it hits home for me, I feel like, because 
I grew up in a trailer. We both grew up in a trailer. I don't know if you ever, you, none of your friends ever came over. I had people come over before though, and they were like, Ugh, you grow up, you, you live in a trailer? And they, they never talked to me ever again. Yeah. So like, I get that poor stigma, you know? And it like, it really, I really um, connected with the main character. Like, I don't know how. The boy or the dad? The dad. I guess the dad. Okay. Um, I don't know how he kept his shit for as long as he did. Because I would have lost my shit a long time ago on these people. You know? But the movie just keeps... It, it draws you in and it doesn't let you go. And then right in the middle, the movie fucking twists on you. And you're like, I have no idea what I'm... And it's a fucking ride. I don't know how anyone couldn't watch that movie and say that they don't like it. Yeah. No, it was incredible. And I'm not going to spoil this movie. I refuse. Yeah, it's insane. Yes. The movie's insane. <laughs> it is insane. I will. I refuse to spoil this movie. Maybe we'll talk about it down the line. But I gave this movie a 9. A 9 or a 9.5? Let me, let me double check. I would say 9.5. I gave it a nine. I don't remember why, because I was on I was on the fence about it. Nine nine point five. It's not that it's that big of a difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll go with you. Go with your next movie. I, I just <laughs> highly recommend Parasite, even if you're one of those people that only watches English movies. Just suck it up. It's incredible. Just suck it up. Uh, so my next movie is an interesting one. It's a movie I watch all the time, uh, just when I want to have a good time. When you want to watch a, a 10? Uh, it is a 10 for me. It's oh. not a 10 for most people. Oh, okay. But it's my favorite movie of all time. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, so I watched A Knight's Tale. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I watched A Knight's Tale. I don't know why. I was feeling it. I remember I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? I was like, I just need to watch it. And man, oh man, is it just incredible. Did it's, you smoke some before? No. You I, should do that. I don't have any right now. Oh. All, all, of, uh, all, of my wife's, all of my wife's stuff is sleep stuff. And she doesn't ever touch it. And so if I take that, I'll be passing out. Yeah. Um, but man, it still makes me laugh every time. The acting is incredible. Aside from one person, <laughs> Shannon Sosaman's character. <laughs> but it's like, she's her character's just good enough to... It's, it's almost like it was written for her. Yeah. It really is. Because she's she is... Her job in the movie is just to be this beautiful woman. Yeah. It's crazy. And she flip, you know, she flips flip-flops back and forth about stuff. So you don't really get a sense of what she wants. She just wants to egg him on, kind of. Yeah. So it kind of works that it she's does. Like It does that. work. Everything works in the movie. It's, it's so amazing. And the cast is so great in all the roles. This is Paul Bettany's best role. <laughs> it is. It's, he is good at it. <laughs> it, it. It really is. And like he's so good at getting you hyped. Alan Tudyk is freaking hilarious, hilarious in the movie <laughs> and it's just it's Heath Ledger at it's just Heath Ledger took all his roles so seriously and he took this role so seriously and this hits this movie it like hits home for me because like I have that whole 
uh, like the Uncharted thing, the reason I have the sick Parvis Magna tattoo is like the greatness from small beginnings, and that's what this whole movie's about. Right. And so, because that's what I, you know, that's like what I strive for is, is you, whatever. But uh, it's just, the action's good. The, 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 the jousting scenes are intense. The main villain is so, I don't even know. He's not a bad guy. But you hate him. Yeah, who it, is that guy? He should have been bigger than he is. He was in that um, Man on the High Castle show for a long time. Oh, He's yeah. like the main character in that. He plays a good villain. Yeah. He's hot He's too. like a poor man's Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. kind of. He's better looking than Joaquin, though. Yeah, but he's he, he has like that acting style of Joaquin. It's weird. I get you, I get you. Um... But the dance scene in the the reason this movie is great is how it seems everyone always talks about Bridgerton bringing modern music to this whatever, but this really did. You you're watching people joust in the in the medieval times and they're singing freaking "We Will Rock You," <laughs> and it's it just works. It's something so unique and that you've never seen before, and it's it's a freaking blast. It is a fun movie. It is a fun movie. I don't think it's a ten. I have it as a 10 for me personally. That's funny. It's great. How many more movies you got? Uh, now I just have the two. Oh, perfect. Watched. Yeah. Um, so for movies like that we just talked about, I know like eventually we'll probably have a, a website where we have like an official ranking. I, the Knight's Tale is not going to have a 10 on that, just so you know. No, that's fair. <laughs> See, I know that there's a... You got to know that there's a difference between best and favorite. Yeah. And I know that A Nice Tale is just my favorite. And I know it's not the best. Yeah. Okay. I'll be fine. It has to at least get an a, a 8, though. Maybe. We'll see. We'll have to watch it one day and give it an official You'll realize. Rating. Yeah. You'll realize. It'll just click for you once. <laughs> so for these next... For these next movies. Well, you, I think you have one more. Oh, right. Let's talk about that first. You're right. I have uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I watched Honor Among uh-huh. Thieves. Nice. And let me tell you, yeah. that movie was fucking good. I know. It's so good. It, oh, my gosh. It's hilarious. Like, one of the funniest movies I've seen in years. So fucking funny. And even if you don't play D&D, if you play any kind of role-playing game, there are jokes in there. Are things that happen that you're gonna you're gonna fucking die at, you know? Yeah. Like like, do we want to spoil this movie? Uh, I don't think it's like you'll still have a good time even if it's spoiled for you. There's a mimic in this movie. It's when it pops out, it's fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, you know things like that. But what what really surprised me about this movie is how good all of the action set pieces are, and like not just good as in they were well done, they are completely unique to this movie when uh the shapeshifter you know what's her name the bald one no no the girl the little girl from oh it. the druid yeah yeah i don't know her name in real life when she goes in to get intel so this is like a so i guess we'll this is a heist movie this is a fantasy heist movie yeah um she goes in to get intel about this safe and she's Starts out as a fly. And there's an escape sequence where she's running from people, guards, n- knights, and this ridiculous sorceress who is the main villain. 
and she's transforming into different animals as she's escaping, and it is completely unique. Like, you cannot do this in any other kind of movie, and it was incredible. Like, I just had a blast the whole time. And, like, I thought the movie was going to... That was going to be the top of the movie. Like, I thought that was... Oh, shit, we just peaked here. It's all downhill. No, it just keeps going. Yeah, they had the... Where they were running away from the dragon, right? In the... In the cave? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then the, the final fight, when she, like, gets that stone gargoyle to fight with her and everything it's all good all of it the maze the like the the games incredible yeah. like I, like it just kept kept doing it i don't know how this movie didn't make money it's bonkers to me well it's just because only nerds win saw it i like th- and this is where i want to put my movie thought and my movie thought was because of this movie do you remember back in the day a movie could do decent money maybe even just lose a little bit of money but it would still get a sequel because they knew that people who watched it definitely spread that word of mouth, and if they make another one, it's going to make money? Yes. I feel like they should make a sequel to this movie. They, they kind of were trying to. Oh, they are? They said that they were going to... They want a sequel to it, but they weren't going to give them as much money. Oh, no. I think they should give them the exact same amount of money. Yeah. What was the, what was the budget on the one? I don't, I don't know what the budget was, but I know that they said that if they make a sequel, it won't get as much money. It won't get a bigger budget. Because, like, I had a blast with this movie. I thought it was mm-hmm. incredible. The cameo, the cameo was so freaking funny. It was funny. <laughs> so freaking funny. I can't believe it. I can't believe I didn't know about this. Because mm-hmm. I usually get spoiled for shit like that. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about too much like that. I don't want to talk about the cameo. And I will say that when I, I remember when I watched this movie, I was so surprised at how well Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez were together they 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 just like it was just a click moment they yeah. they are so great together they're like a yeah like a little power couple chris pine is just a good leading man like he really clicked with gal gadot on wonder woman yeah and no offense to gal gadot or even michelle rodriguez they're not great actors you know actresses mm-hmm. michelle rodriguez is better than gal gadot yes obviously um but he can work with it and like he elevates yeah, he's a, uh, he's Chris Pine doesn't get enough credit. Chris Pine's on, you know, he's he's on a higher caliber of actor than people give him credit for. Yeah, he should be a star. Yeah, like he should be a, an A list selling tickets because his name is attached yeah. to a star. Because especially like um, what was that movie called? Don't worry, darling. Like his character in that, mm-hmm. the way he his acting in that is like subtle but kind of menacing a bit, and. It's just he just he needs to be on that neck. he needs to be on that like Bradley Cooper, Jake Gyllenhaal tier. Right. Kind of like but people keep holding him down as kind of just like this pretty boy. Which is crazy. And I think I think it's just because most of his roles have a comedic element to it. But he like he's That's fucking, just what he he's, he's good, good at. at it. But yeah. then he's also good at the series, so like uh Hell or High Water. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, so I mean he just give him I think everyone did good in the movie. Oh, yeah. And it, the villain is, like, top 20 villains in a movie. She is fucking, she's dope. Her power set is ridiculous. The visual flair that they give her, like, the all red, and then, like, turn the smoke to disappear, all her magic. It's just, I mean, that's a, 
It was a hell of a movie. Yeah, that I think that would be a movie like back in the day where it would have made a ton of money on DVD. Yeah, I mean, if that, I wonder why this like is it? Why did this movie not make money? I really do think that people were like, "Oh, Dungeons and Dragons, that's for like nerds." I really do. I think that they didn't want to. Do you think those old Dungeons and Dragon movies that went straight to DVD affected it at all? No. You know, because those movies were awful. Because this is my thing. Because it was uh, advertised as like an action comedy adventure thing, it didn't draw the old crowd, which, which is, is cr- what fantasy movies. I don't think people realize fantasy movies draw old crowds. Yeah. Like if you go, if you went and saw Lord of the Rings in theaters, it was a bunch of old mother effers going to it's watch true. that movie. I think that you're right. I think that if they would have advertised some of the heart of this movie. Because there is a lot of heart in this movie. Yeah. The whole the whole movie is about him trying to find his daughter or reconnect with his daughter. And I don't remember even knowing he had a daughter in the trailers. Oh, no, it's totally not in the part of the movie. Like They, they should have really... Uh, yeah, it's just bad advertisement, I think. Yeah. And then bad advertisement connected with a nerdy brand like Dungeons & Dragons. And that's probably why. But, I mean, I would I would give them... The same budget to make a sequel to see if the audience got bigger, you know, and maybe make a television show because I think that you could run with it. Yeah. Oh, a television <laughs> show I think would be perfect for it. Yeah. In Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons is such this this world because I remember when I saw it and I was talking about it on the on the podcast that we. I said that they, it's this world where you can make these comedy action adventure movies with heart like this is, but then you can also do a dark, gritty, R-rated, like go into the into because into the like fighting demons and death and all that because right. that's all part of Dungeons and Dragons lore. Yeah, and so you can just make this whole universe about it, and then you can gel it all together if you want to in a big one. Right. Um. Oh, I really like that. It's it it plays like a Dungeons and Dragons game. Um, like when they got to, like when they got they get to this this section where there's a bridge, and one of the characters is like, "Oh, this is a trap," and turns around and is like, expositioning ex what's what's the word? <laughs> exposition. Yeah, like he's giving exposition to them, kind of like the dungeon master would be like, "Oh, oh. you see this." And there's that, blah blah blah, and it like it feels like a Dungeons and Dragons game, um, and then also, every time someone had a backstory to tell, we got a whole flashback, and it was like that character giving the backstory just like you would at the start of a Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah, like it was fucking genius. Yeah, it's re- it was so good. <clears throat> I would highly recommend it. I think I uh, let me see what I gave it. I gave it eight point five. And that's I think eight, eight and a half, about right. Yeah, and I, the only thing that keeps it from being a nine, a nine point five, in my opinion, is it is a little cliche, because it's the, I think it got too grand. It's a, it, I, the reason I I would put would put at an eight is because it's, it's, the the villain is trying to destroy the world. It's always about destroying the world. Yeah. And so it's just, you don't need to 
get that grand all the time. Yeah, and and like and that didn't happen until the third act. We didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah. We find that out, and then the rest of the movie you can call shot for shot. Like I knew that they were going to be thrown into the games. Like I knew one hundred percent they're getting thrown into the games. I also knew that the relic that they're looking for was going to have to be used on something that they weren't going to use it on originally. Like it was like so fucking obvious, and that's what takes it down. You know, just yeah. just a point point and a half. But I would highly recommend it because it was a fucking blast. I was I watched it by myself. Yeah, I was by myself when I saw it in theaters. And I uh, I was laughing out loud like like a fucking lunatic in my living room by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn was in here, my daughter, and she came in there. She's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm watching Dungeons and Dragons." I was like, "You're missing out." I tried to get her to watch it. She didn't come. <laughs> nope. Oh man, it was fucking hilarious. Okay. So that's everything. So we're going to the rewind. Rewind first? Yep. Okay. So like I said, the rewind is going to be an old movie. Either one we have seen, haven't seen. This week, we decided on The Lost Boys. We both have seen it. Neither have seen it in 15 plus been a years. a long, long time. Yeah, last time I watched it, I couldn't drive. That's for sure. Wow. Yeah. yeah he's old. <laughs> <laughs> True. I am old. Um... So what do you think about the Lost Boys reevaluating it as an adult? It's so much better than I remember. Oh my god! <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I had such a. I, I went into this and I'm like, God, this movie blows right before I started watching it. And I don't think this movie's like great or amazing, but I had a good time, and it's not. It's a good like. It's a good movie. Uh, I do have. A lot of problems with it, mm-hmm. especially vampire rule problems. You mean like the way they transform? Uh, no, the way that the the rules just only apply when they want it to apply. Oh, you mean like they picked and choose? Yeah, just for convenience. Well, like garlic doesn't actually work, but holy water does. No, but garlic and holy water work if you don't invite them in. Oh, yeah. He said, like when that. you invite yeah, right. me in, none of that stuff works. I'm like, what? It doesn't make any sense. No, it makes no sense. I do... It did bring up kind of a movie thought, though, is what happened to the... What happened to the vampire brow? When did we stop doing that? Oh, we stopped doing that in um, in the 90s. Buffy was the last one. Buffy was the last one? Yeah, I think it's so. It's weird. It's, it's, it's weird. I kind of like it. But then again, I kind of don't. Vampire Diaries kind of had a crinkle nose. Yeah, and but then they the had eyes the, changed. Well, they had the black veins. Oh yeah, yeah, black veins around the eyes. Something has to be, you know, there has to be something like that. I feel like. No, the thing about Bella Lugosi, he just gets teeth. No, I like the brow though. I don't know. If, I don't know. I'm ex- I'm interested. This is a side tangent. I want to know if the last voyage of the Demeter, if if Dracula always looks like that in the trailer, or if he's sure. a person first. Oh, oh, he's not. He's definitely not a person first because the whole point in the book was that he started out like ugly, you know, like old, and then he like as he's gaining strength, he gets more monstrous, and then he finally looks like a young, a young man. At least I oh. think that's what it was like. Oh. <clears throat> anyway, uh. I don't know. I think the the movie this this movie struggles with pacing. 
I think it's kind of weird. It starts out very weird. The editing's weird. Editing's weird. Uh, it's I did the brother. The reason I, this movie was a lot better than I remember is because the younger brother is like a nerd, and he's so sure of himself, and he's fine with being a nerd in this time frame where being a nerd was was not cool, like, not cool. Yeah. And the older brother is like super freaking good looking. He's so worried about his looks, and he's all worried about getting girls and stuff, but he doesn't have his own sense of self, and so he falls under the the trap of the vampires. And I, I think that that's a, such an inch, like, the, the, the brother's physically strong, the, young, the older brother's physically strong, the younger brother is mentally strong, mm-hmm. and it, it's just a nice interaction between the two. Yeah, I can see that. So... I also wasn't very excited to watch this movie. I thought it was going to be... So, I remember it being one of my least favorite vampire movies, like, from back in the day. I really liked Fright Night. I really like... Uh, what the fuck is that other movie called? I can't think of it right now. Um, but this was, like, my least favorite from that era. Like, it was fine. I, I mean, I enjoyed myself. But the movie is barely a movie it's mostly just some scenes put together with some music the soundtrack was ridiculous like they just had so much music going on all the time and you couldn't even hear what was going on because they wanted the music like i know this movie was made to sell a soundtrack it feels like um but yeah the editing was weird both the actual editing and the sound editing or the sound mix i guess uh, and I don't love some of the rules either, like that that they have. And uh, I just like I know people that grew up watching this movie, like the generation before us, fucking loved this movie. Yeah. I just don't see it. No, it's it's nowhere near like a top ten vampire movie. It's enjoyable and 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 good. It's like, it's just good, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. Cause the only, there's, there's really four main vampires and the only one of them actually has any kind of character development, but not even at all, really. No, there's almost no characters yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And it's, it's just a bonkers movie. It is a weird movie. Um, the funny thing is, I remember the end, like when they were boarding up the house and getting ready for this attack. I remember that being cool as a kid, and it wasn't very cool. It, it happens in like five minutes. Yeah. And then I remember them flying, like they fly into the whole movie. Most of the time it's POV, and we don't actually get to see them flying. I remember them flying at the end in the house. It's fucking so stupid looking. <laughs> like, I can't take it seriously. So I didn't have a great time, you know, and uh, I I was falling in around the five five point five area. What were you thinking? I was thinking like a six and a half. You want to meet in the middle? Call it a six. six? Yeah. yeah, I feel okay six about that. Because before just, though, like I would have said it was like a four. Oh, I was well, thinking it was a five. Yeah, 
So well, I was pretty. I remembered it pretty well. I think. Yeah, I, you remembered it a lot better than me because I thought now, when I was a kid, none of the comedy hit. Now it does hit. Yes, so it is pretty some funny. of the Corey Feldman stuff is so funny. You got these two kids, these two comic book nerds saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're vampire hunters. And we're running. I love that he growls then, the whole movie. Yeah, then, <laughs> then they go and they... The coolest the coolest aspect of them... This I think this is why people like this movie. There's only one cool aspect this movie does that's so unique is that they sleep in the cave upside down like bats. It's super cool. They show the foot. I don't even remember them showing the foot ever. It's gross. It was gross. I don't remember that. I didn't remember yeah. that either. And, uh, but when they, when they climb up and stab him, because they're like, oh yeah, we're experienced, we killed a ton of vampires, <laughs> and then they do it, and they're all just like, ah, I'm freaking out, because they don't know what's going to happen, and he like explodes, and there's just goo everywhere. Talking about the rules not making sense, if their feet transform so they can hang upside down like a bat, why don't they transform into something? And yeah. why, why do they all die differently? Because, like, they, they yeah, had well, to... Well, that's what he, that, he says it. I know he says it. He's yeah. like, yeah. Well, watch out. They're all going to die differently. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, like, he's like, every time you stab a vampire, you never know what's going to happen next. <laughs> they just wanted different shit to happen at yeah. the end. That's all it was. Yeah. He's like, they could explode. They could implode. They could just die. <laughs> uh, it's a silly movie. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I'm good with a six. Yeah. Six seems right. But the ending's bad, though. Uh, the, like the switch with the main bad guy? Well, or? no. The main bad guy shows up. They're struggling. And then the, the uncle comes in with a, with his whole Jeep decked out in giant stakes. Oh, yeah. And like stabs him. And then he's just like, that's the bad thing about Santa Clarita. He's like, all the damn vampires. Yes. And then it just cuts. <laughs> he didn't know there was vampires in the house either. He left before there was anything going on. How did he know there was vampires? <laughs> Don't know, man. <laughs> That, uh, right after that happened, my wife went, how did he know? <laughs> I said, in the 80s, no one cared yeah, if he knew. Yeah. <laughs> it was just cool. So I, one thing I do want to do with these rewinds is I know a lot of people, especially the younger generation, when they watch an old movie, they have issues with uh, some of the... Like, like Revenge of the Nerds, where he tricks that woman to have sex with him. Like, that's a little... Like, Back then, it was completely fine and normal, even though it probably shouldn't have been. And now we look at it and we're like, ugh, that's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Things like that, I want to bring up. It'll never, it will never change my rating of a movie, but I still would like to point them out. Okay. And the only one in this movie is the one female character there is, is literally there just to be a love interest. Yeah. She has no other purpose. Yeah, oh, no, there's no character development. I don't even think she's... They, they, they pawn it off like she's Kiefer Sutherland's girlfriend, but she's not at all. She's not. She's just She's just there. It's so weird. Yeah. And it's like he, he has sex with her, and Kiefer Sutherland comes back and totally knows that he just had sex with her and doesn't do anything about it. And so it, it's almost like, why did she play hard to get? <laughs> she plays hard to get, and then they don't ever talk, and then she's just like... She's like, I didn't want to bring you into this world because I liked you so much. I'm like, you haven't spoken. This is the first time you've spoken to him the whole movie. <laughs> you guys looked at each other uh, from across uh, the, a street yeah. one time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is fucking funny. Um, I didn't even remember she was in the movie. 
like at all. See, I, I always remembered her, but I always thought she was bad. The only, the only, the only thing in this movie that I remember, there's two things I remembered. When they stabbed the one vampire, the, the Bill or or Ted, whichever one, yeah, uh, in the cave. I remember that bit, and I remembered when he first, the brother first transforms, and then he gets done fighting Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland, and he's hiding in the shadows, and he, he's like, "Don't let him see me like this." That's the only time because it's the it's the only good bit of cinematography in the whole <coughs> freaking movie because he's he's like he's got the he's all shadow. But he's got the one, one line of light going across his face, and his eyes are glowing. Yeah, and it's just so nice, and it's it's such a good shot. It was like that was like old school monster movie right yeah. there. It yeah. was good. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll call it a six. If you've never seen it and you're wondering about the hype, probably don't watch it. Honestly, I mean, no, you should just once. Yeah. Oh yeah, it it deserves that because I think um I think for vampire. Like a, a vampire genre, I think it's interesting to see different types of vampires. Because yeah. that could be like, if we don't have a movie, one of our topics could be what are, like, what movies have the best vampires? That's true. I already know which one it is, but I won't say <laughs> it, just in case we have the topic. Okay, so the next section would be the, the series showdown. So, oh, should we say what we're going to watch this week for Rewind first? Uh, I was gonna say it, save it all for the end. Okay. Um. So the the series that we're gonna start with is the Brendan Fraser Mummy series, and we're gonna set like in those kinds of cases where there are multiple Mummy series in that whole franchise. This is gonna be its own thing. Yeah. Like we're not gonna watch Boris Karloff's Mummies and his nineteen sequels. That'll be its own thing down the line. Yeah. So, because this is, um, we haven't, like, we're going to talk about what we feel about the movies from what we remember, how we think that we're going to rate them, and then as we watch them, we will discuss what the differences is, our differences are, you know, that we we, we had. Gotcha. So, what do you think? Are, and we, we decided no Scorpion King. Because that's a spinoff series. Correct. No, no Scorpion. So this will be the Mummy, the Mummy Returns, and the Mummy, the Mummy, the Tomb of the em- Emperor, the Dragon Emperor, Emperor, yeah. Tomb of the Emperor. I don't know. I'm surprised you remember all the that. The Jet League. I had no idea. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I remember all three of them being good. I, I, one is a standout. The first one's like a, you know, it's a, it's almost like a. It's like a classic in our from our youth, and uh, I remember it did so many things. It was like a talking point amongst people. Like everyone who saw it was like, "Oh my God, the sand effects and all this hoopla." And Brendan Fraser is just so good at it. And and it was such a everyone thought it was going to be like this horror movie, but it was really this action movie. This movie is more like uh. The, it's almost like an Indiana Jones take, but it does Indiana Jones better than Indiana Jones does, <laughs> which is crazy. I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, and all the characters are great. The brother, Evie, and her brother, and then the the in the first one, the the skinny, like kind of bad guy, kind of Vinny. Good guy. Yeah. Um, the, the the problem I'm having, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, is I don't know what happens in the second one. 
Well, I can tell you, but we'll just let it go. Yeah, uh, I feel like I feel like bits I remember from the first and the second one. I just think are all one movie. Yeah. Because it's still the same villain, kind of. Yeah. Obviously, the second one has the, the Scorpion King. Right. Uh, I, I remember that part of it, but I don't remember, like, the getting there. Yeah. Um, I'm basically in the same, same boat. I definitely remember enjoying all of them, and I remember them getting worse. The first one, definitely the best. Second one close the third one's definitely the worst but i still like it yeah i think the third one yeah um but will it be as good as i remember because like in my mind the first one's like a solid 8.5 eight and a half or a nine yeah yeah and like i is it gonna hold up i don't know i think the first one is yeah uh the second one i don't know um, and I, have this, I think Dragon Emperor is going to stay the same. I have this crazy, like, like it, it, it could possibly happen where the second one might be better than the first one, and we just don't remember. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, so, are we going to try to watch all three? We, we are going to try to watch all three of these sure in a week. Do, yeah. And then next week, we'll talk about each. And we'll give them a rating, and then we'll talk about how we feel, like how it matched up with what we felt. And this is kind of like a a trial run for this segment. You know, we, we try to do something a smaller franchise yeah. instead of doing something like Friday the Thirteenth. Right, it's going to take us a few weeks or something and like that. Friday the Thirteenth, I haven't seen all of them. Like you know, yeah, me neither. I've seen most of them, but I know there's a movie or two in there that I definitely haven't fucking seen. <clears throat> all right so then all that's left is uh our main movie of the week knock at the cabin door cabin door that was just a cabin knock at the cabin door. whatever the m9 Shyamalan movie yeah so what'd you think let me tell you i had so much fun watching this movie <laughs> i really did it's so enjoyable and it's never boring Never boring. No, it is a crisp movie. Yeah. It is it keeps your attention the whole time. This is the first M. Night Shyamalan movie with no twist. I think. There's not a twist. There is not a twist. There's not a real twist. There's a there's a little bit of a twist. No, there's not a twist. <clears throat> that is the twist, is that there's no twist. You think so? <laughs> um, I think Man, you know, Batista really, really, really wants to get away from the, oh, he's a wrestler turned actor thing. And this, he's, he is, I would say he's better, he is the best wrestler turned actor. Oh, for, by like, far. He's better than even most of the 80s action people. Like, he's better than Arnold ever could be. Yeah. Acting wise, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Really, it really hit home was Blade in Blade Runner 2049 in his opening. Yeah. So freaking good. This yeah, is. You can see that. You can see it start there. This yeah. movie is. He is good. He's so good. And uh, people really should just take him more seriously. And, and he really made this movie. Uh, it's very weird to see. 
it was weird for me to see Jonathan Groff. I don't know. You probably like, who the heck is that? Yeah, who's that? One of the one of the husbands, the the one, the main, the blonde one, the the the, the religious one, the one with the religious background. Yeah, the less violent one. Yes. Uh, so he is, he is a Broadway star. So he that is um, in Frozen. The he's the boy. The oh guy, yeah, the guy. Yeah. He's Finn. Isn't that the that's the deer's name, right? Kristoff. Yeah, so he's <laughs> he's Kristoff, but he was in Hamilton and all this stuff. So it's weird to see him in this. I knew that he of, he looked familiar. I could yeah. not figure out who it was. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, so I, uh, it was kind of throwing me off a bit. But that doesn't have anything to do with the movie. But the movie just starts, man. Like it start bonkers, with the dude. kid. Just, she's just playing out in the field, and then all of a sudden you see freaking Batista walking towards her. It was so scary. It, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it gave kind of um, the strangers kind of vibe at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, the it it starts off kind of menacing. You you're it's you're just so excited the whole movie. I'm just so excited. Everything M Night Shyamalan does, you're just so excited. I remember watching old? It's just it's just nonstop. I'm just having a good time. Yeah. And so <clears throat> before we go any further, this is the reason I put this. I, I structured it like this so that we can talk about this movie, the main movie. And we'll go spoiler free, and then we'll spoiler, and then everyone, anyone that wants to check out can check out, and that's all they're gonna miss. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. We'll miss what our next movies are, though. Well, maybe. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um. And like you said, it's just fucking boom. You're just in the movie right away. And it, it, it holds you. It, you're like, it's intense for, I would say, 90% of the movie. And that's hard to do. And he, he can do it. Like, we've seen that he can do it in other movies. I feel like uh, Signs is kind of like that. And um, The Village is like that. Like, it's just intense until the very end when you fucking learn what's going on. Then this movie, you do learn what's going on. But it's not as twisty as, uh, as some of his other movies. Um, some things that I really like about, like just little things that I noticed, initially was the opening credits. The they were very old school, like um, giallo, like the Italian yellow noir movies, and like it's just bright yellow credits everywhere. And I was like. Okay, I like that, you know? Yeah. It's just like one of those little things I noticed. Um, another little thing is when he comes up to the door, usually when someone as big as Bautista, like you see him in real life, you're going to say something about how big he is. Yeah, they do. They do. He's They're like, great. bro, he's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they don't, like, how many Arnold movies have you seen where they just talk to him like he's a normal guy? Like, he's not a normal guy. He's fucking massive, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um... But I, I, I do agree with you that it's just, it was a fun time. I was enthralled the whole time. Um, and weirdly, I was scared. Like, I was, I felt the intensity. I was uneasy about yeah, the movie. Because you're like, after the, after the first big, like, shock factor thing, mm -hmm. you're like, what the heck is going to happen next? Yeah. 
This is, it was gnarly. And that's how you feel at home. You're like, what is going on? What's happening? And you, it just keeps you there until until the movie's over. Um, so well, I guess we'll we'll rate it, and then we'll go into spoiler territory. Yeah. <clears throat> so what did you what did you rate it? Uh, I am around like the seven and a half ish. I gave it a seven. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that seven seven and a half. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll, I'll, so we'll do it like this. I'll give the rundown of next episode here. So anyone that wants to check out, because we're going to go spoilers. For Knock at the Cabin. For Knock at the Cabin Door. So uh, next week, our rewind movie will be Gattaca. Uh, old classic sci-fi movie. Neither of us have seen. It's exciting. Yeah. And our movie of the week will be Asteroid City, which neither of us have seen also. And then we will watch The Mummies. Yep. So... If you sounds interesting, tune in next week. We'll see you then. Um, for everyone else that wants to hear the spoilers, we'll keep going. <clears throat> okay, so the reason I say there is a twist is because they told us that they are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh. And it's the one thing in the movie that I don't like. I, like, I'm okay with them being the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. I wish that they would have left it ambiguous. I, I wish they wouldn't have said anything. I wish they would have just had it played out, had them realize that one of them does have to sacrifice themselves to save the entire world. Um, and then the movie just ends where it ended. You See, know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, I thought... They should have been more ambiguous about if it was actually happening or not, right? Because the first time it goes around, oh, yeah, there's an earthquake and a, there's a tsunami, right? It's not yeah. like that big a deal. Right. And then there's an outbreak in one single city of this disease. And then, but then the plane, when the planes start falling, you're like, holy crap, this is, this is real, real. I know. Part of me wants to, thinks that maybe he thought it was, so I don't know how you felt Initially, I believed them right away. Oh, yeah. That's why I said there's no twist. Because, <laughs> but I think that maybe you. he thought that some people were going to be like, these people are crazy. Yeah. Like, no. They genuinely don't want to be here. You can tell they don't want to be here. They have to be here. Yeah, they don't want to be here. All of them met online because they had the same freaking visions. Like, it's freaking real. That's I think that maybe he thought it was a twist. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you find out when the planes start falling. You're like, "Oh shit, these motherfuckers telling the truth." No shit, they're telling the truth. Yeah. If it was like one plane, like they could have done one plane crashed, right? And we wouldn't have known yet. Like, holy crap, you, you would still be on the fence about it. And then like there would just be a thunderstorm. They didn't have to make it freaking fire yet. And then, because then if he would have killed his husband, and then still not known if he had to or not. You know, it would have been so much better. But now he knew he had to. The daughter knew he had to. So now they're going to have a happy life. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. I, I can see a case for both. Um, I really like the idea that this has been happening for centuries. Like it, Just some random family, just by divine intervention, gets chosen to stop the apocalypse yeah and every single one of them has decided to stop it yeah and it's, it's 
What an interesting twist to take the fact that it's not a traditional family and like they adopted their daughter and they're a, a gay couple. Yeah. And the and then the fact that just happened to be one of the people having the visions was someone who has assaulted one of the one of the uh, fathers yeah. in the past. And so he's dead set on like no they're just doing this because we're gay and they don't approve or whatever yeah and I, I you didn't notice but the one the one kid or the one gay guy grew up in a religious family we get that flashback with his family with his parents visiting and they like obviously don't like that he's gay but I don't think you put two and two together that he grew up religious that's why he's more okay to believe it earlier so it's kind of like this well, no, the, the mean guys, or the more aggressive guy, was the, that was his parents that left. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Huh. Oh, no, well. So I think he's less likely to believe it because of the assault and being attacked just for being gay. And he thinks that's still what's happening, as opposed to the other husband who has never been assaulted. I wonder if they both grew up religious then. Because yeah. I got that the one guy grew up religious. That's why he was... Kind of believing. Yeah, he was like way more open to it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, he's definitely religious because when he said he saw someone behind Batista through the window. Yeah. And you, th that shot particularly is... is the outside, outdoors is extra, extra bright. Yeah. It's like the sun's shining. Like it was, it made a cross. The it did. The light, yeah, it made a cross, like uh -huh. a, a fuzzy one. And Because uh, I was really trying to find something in there. And I, <laughs> I couldn't see anything. But yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, I know people didn't like this movie. Like, it was kind of like iffy. Yeah, when it's, it just came like, out. it's just like when Old came out. People didn't like Old. Yeah, but like old, I understand not liking though because that's M Night Shyamalan doing his thing, doing his thing. Yeah, with a group of people all talking, even though it doesn't make any sense. Like they're all having one conversation. It's kind of like a play, and like he says, it's supposed to be like a play, like the happening when they all when they all get in a circle. Like that's just not how people react normally. Yeah. Though this movie doesn't do that until the very end when they walk into that diner and they're all watching the TV in silence. Like people don't do that. Even if something that crazy was happening, I don't think they would do it. You don't think they would do it with like 800 planes falling from the sky? That the whole diner is watching the news? No. Not the whole diner. No way. For, for 800 planes <laughs> yeah, falling I don't, from the sky in a single day? I still think there's someone in there like that a, doesn't care. No. That's more of an event than 9-11 was. <laughs> and that's what people were doing on 9-11 was sitting... What they were, everyone was glued to the television wherever they were at the time. If you were in a diner, you stayed in that diner to watch TV. Yeah, I guess. That's how it... Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I don't think that he does his normal M. Night Shyamalan-y dialogue weirdness that he sometimes does that doesn't work 90% of the time. Because like, I liked old, but I know the dialogue is fucking atrocious in that yeah, movie. All his movies are just enjoyable. You have a good time when you watch them. That's true, but some of them are good. Like The Village and Signs, and I would say this movie are like good, good movies. Yeah, Sixth Sense. Yeah, Sixth Sense is good. It lives and dies on that twist, though, unlike some of the other movies. Like yeah. Signs, I think, is a good, good movie. 
Oh, Signs is the best movie. Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> this movie uh, shares a lot of themes with Signs. Very religious about finding, finding your faith. Signs was more about finding your lost faith, and this was just about finding faith in general. Um, and I do like when a horror movie takes that route. You think it's a horror movie? Eh, kind of. It's like a, a thriller, maybe. Yeah. How do you feel about the... So I don't know a lot about the Four Horsemen Apocalypse. Me neither. Um, I know they all have a weapon. I wish that maybe instead of telling us that they were just the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, like, their weapons would have like we could have got some kind of visual clues about the four horsemen and their weapons and it would have like been the weapons that they were wielding yeah it could have done um man no that wouldn't have made sense never mind it could have been like an opening credits thing i think it might have been in there because it was there was there was stuff in the opening credits there was a lot that flashed by but i don't know what it will like I couldn't decipher anything. I was so drawn to the yellow actual credits that I lost the background. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoy the super cold open. I'm just walking up and being so fucking weird. And even though we're outside in the forest, it feels claustrophobic. Yeah, and he's so good. I thought, I thought it was so weird. Uh, this is something they did so he did so well was... I thought it was so weird at how good he was at talking to children. And then you find out he's a freaking second grade teacher. Yeah. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's so good. Yeah, I think it... That's that's something that that doesn't... Is not shown well in movies. Everyone in movies is good at talking to kids. It's hard to talk to kids. Some people just don't have that ability. You know, like if you don't have children, you just don't have that... You don't realize how fucking difficult it is? Yeah. 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 And it is difficult. Even someone that is good at it, sometimes you just be they be pushing your fucking buttons. It takes like a really special someone that can stay calm and in those kind of situations and talk to a kid. And he he was doing that even when she was having a fake meltdown. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But I think that all four of them that show up at the cabin are so genuine and so scared and you can tell they don't want to be there that I don't understand how these people didn't believe them right away. If four people show up at a cabin that I'm at and they're acting like these people are, I'm believing 100%. Oh, yeah. And Rupert Grint, his his scene, when he's putting the hood on and he's telling him, like, you better not look away. Like, yeah. you look at me. Yeah. Whatever. It's good. It's so good. Yeah, if I, if I was in that situation, my wife gotta go. Because you know <laughs> when the movie started and they said you have to choose one, I was like, a part of me thought, I hope they don't try and like even bring up the kid as an option. Yeah, they didn't. I know they didn't, which was a good 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 idea. For seventy percent of the movie. 
I thought they weren't going to kill one of one of them. I know. Then the twi- then they just would all burn. It would have been so cool. It would have been a, it would have been pretty cool. But it would have been like very cabin in the woods, you know, the mm. ending of that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that's easily his top five movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. It's so good. Yeah. I was so flabbergasted at how good it was. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like kind of dreading it. I was like, ah, I don't want to watch it. Uh, I kept putting it off. I watched it last night. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, like, I literally watched it last night because I was putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And then it started and I was instantly hooked. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, movies don't do that these days. Like, some movies are boring. Yeah. Movies rarely, like, outside of horror films, the opening scenes in movies don't matter anymore. They don't, like, they don't hook you like they used to. Back in the day... That was movie writing 101. You better have a fucking hook. Yeah. But the only thing that does it anymore is horror movies. And that's because they have to they have to do something before they give you the rules. True. Action movies kind of do it, but it's not as fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a a, a movie that has done it. A good opening? Yeah. I mean, it follows. Mm, yeah, that's like so good though. That's different. <laughs> that's like it's like its own its own short film. It's so fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> man, I can't think of nothing. But yeah, I, I don't know. I know people don't like Shyamalan movies, but I'm a I'm a Shyamalan apologist, honestly. Me too. It is that you just have a good time. Yeah, even as like I know old the dialogue was garbage. I enjoyed that movie. Yeah, you have fun. And I like the twist in that movie. The everyone, twist is good. Everyone talks about how shitty that twist is, or like how shitty the village twist is. Like, no, that's good. Those are good twists. Yeah. You one hundred percent don't see them coming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no one, no one guessed <laughs> Old's twist. No one. Not a single person. You're like, who are these mother effers looking at him with the telescope or binoculars on this hill? This is so weird. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we we agree seven seven point five. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I said, next week join us for Gattaca for Rewind, Asteroid City as our main movie, and then we'll do the the Mummy, Mummy. Brendan Fraser showdown. Mummy series showdown. So yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week Monday. Please come out. Should be yeah. Mondays yeah, um, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right, bye. I think this format's going to work well. Yeah. I might be film ready next week. All right.